in first samuel chapter 10 we see a very important aspect from verse 1 all right maybe before we go to chapter 10 let's go to chapter 9 all right uh, from verse 18 now the bible says then Saul drew near to samuel in the gate this is Saul, and he said please tell me where is the seer's house he actually didn't even know he was talking to the one. He went to the house of a prophet and said, where is the prophet? Show me the house of a prophet. Samuel answered the soul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today. Just like that? You go to a prophet and you have an advantage of going to his house. Say, now. You shall eat with me. Someone answered the soul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. This is Saul. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on all your father's house? The desire of Israel. Everybody in Israel just began to desire that Saul must be their king. And the boy didn't even know. Now we see a very uncommon favor. And an action of the spirit over the life of Saul. And in verse 21, I want you to read it for you. And Saul answered and said, I am not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family the least. Of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin, why then do you speak like this to me? In other words, I do not have qualifications. I don't qualify on what you're talking about. I think you don't know what you're talking about. He's talking to a prophet. Did you hear that? So, so hear this scripture. The Bible says, do you know I'm a Benjamin? Benjamites were the smallest tribe. And kingship never came out from that tribe. Now, see this. That continued even to the days of the New Testament. Now, I want you to see something here that is very important. Now, the Bible says, Now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them sit in the place of honor. Hey, among those who were invited, there were about 30 persons. Are you understand what, what is happening here? Oh, yes. Do you know who was, by that time, do you know who was ruling? It was Samuel himself. He was a prophet and he was a judge. Are, are you here? In those days before kingship came, it was him. It was him who was a king and a prophet. 
Uh, are, you, are you understanding? Yes. That's why most of the times prophetic ministry is attached with the kingly anointing. That's who we are. So can you imagine? People, they just began to look at Saul. And they said, we want him. We want him. Everybody. Because the, the moment the anointing came upon him, he became presidential. That people began to say, no, 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 no. I think we need this guy. But one thing I want to speak to is this. The moment King Saul went to a prophet, see what the Bible says there. Let's read it for you. It says, Now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited. There were about 30 persons. I told you, when favor comes, it singles you out. It means divine partiality. It doesn't matter how many people are there, but you'll be singled out. When mercy comes, it attracts divine favor. And then what happens? Immediately, you are singled out. They came with their, you know, remember, they were looking for donkeys in the mountains. They had not bathed. They had not showered for three days and nights. Their hair was not combed. You could actually see their feet so dirty by the dust from the mountains. And they're arriving there. They find people who were already there with their hair combed, in suits, whatever positions they had. Delegates which were there. But the Bible says they were put, these boys, King Saul and, and, and his friend. They were just nobody's boys. And they were told that you sit in the place of honor. Isn't that messy? It's just one single hour, one single day where your soul will change. Now tell your neighbor, it's just one hour where everything will turn around. Can you imagine they were around, moving in the mountains, looking for donkeys? Looking for donkeys the whole night. During the day, they're looking for donkeys, walking. They didn't even have a donkey to look for donkeys. The donkeys they were supposed to use, they were missing. So they were looking for donkeys walking like this for three days. And they're like, no, I think we have tried and we have failed. So let's go back home. Then they're like, don't we have a prophet? They said, we have a prophet. Let's go to a prophet. So they went to a prophet to ask where the donkeys are. And they're being told, the donkeys are looking for, they're being found. Now, right now, come to my house. And they are being put in a place of honor. And he's being told that you are about to become a king. And the one who's talking is already a judge. He's the one who was ruling at the hour. But when mercy came, you remove your crown and you give where the mercy is. Am I talking to somebody here? Do you know? Do you know Jonathan? He was a crown prince, but he removed his crown. And they said, David. You see, as I'm talking right now, there are people who are just looking at me like this. After here, there will be divine. Somebody say mercy. Tonight, God will give you this. Now, so look at that. This is King Saul. Amazing story, isn't it? Isn't it this amazing story? 
in chapter 10 from verse 1, after they had eaten, Samuel and Saul, they had eaten. Guess what happens? See the scripture there. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord... You are not seeing this statement. Why a prophet poured oil on his head, kissed him and said, I'm doing all this honor. I had moved you and put you at a place of honor. I have even put you closer. He says, is it not, there is a reason why these things are happening like this. Is it not because the Lord has anointed you? See the scripture there. Then the Papa says, then someone took the, I mean, a flask of oil and poured it on his head and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you, commander, not king, but who? Commander. Over his inheritance. What's the meaning of that? All what God has created in the world, you have become a commander. Ladies and gentlemen, if there was a man who was supposed to be the richest, wisest, more than Solomon, was supposed to be Saul. The prophecy which Saul received was more bigger than the prophecy of David. But guess what happened? Along the way, King Saul lost mercy and became a destitute. We, we spoke about that, right? Where he even went to prophets. And prayer couldn't work. He went to God. Prayer couldn't work. He became a destitute. So he lost the mercy along the line. So it does not necessarily mean the fact that you have mercy, you will maintain it. You need to know how would you maintain the mercy. God starts and finishes. What is going on? So you must learn how to maintain the mercy. Because you, okay, I, I prayed for a certain woman. She said she wanted to have a baby, and I prayed for her. For the first time in 18 years, she conceived. Two months later, she had a miscarriage. That was her first time she conceived. It was not a coincidence because the pregnancy happened the same month we prayed for her. But why she miscarried? Because most people, getting miracles is very easy. But maintaining them, it is like building a hotel. It's so easy. But maintenance. You didn't hear me. Maintenance. A five-star hotel Poorly managed can become a two-star. It is nothing to do with the building. What makes it a five-star or a three-star? It's maintenance. Hello? So the problem was how to maintain it. Can you imagine the man had such a prophecy by a prophet Samuel? That he will be a commander. Meaning that he will just command things and things will happen. 
He's not supposed to fight. But he was a commander of a God's inheritance. What a mercy. A man who does not qualify. But mercy qualifies him. And he loses it. What made him lose it? What made him lose it? Now, the first thing you see that what made him to lose it, it is because there are certain things he did not realize or he did not understand what to do, either to receive it or to maintain it. So in my teaching tonight, I start a subject of how to receive steps to receive and maintain mercy. You can receive and not maintain it. Sometimes you can't receive at all. So what are the steps to receive and maintain the mercy? I prophesy to you. God shall give you the mercy in the name of Jesus. And if you receive the mercy, you shall maintain it. Number one, we'll be talking if you have and if you do not have. So if you have the mercy, the first thing that you need to do is you need to remind God of his mercy. People take this scripture for, uh, for granted. But hear this. Hear this. God is a God who does not forget his promise. Do you know what made God come down and intervene in Egypt? Because they reminded God of his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. You there? Now, remind God. Now, let me just show you something here. Can you imagine you in your room and say, God, I remind you. Remember your mercy. Remember what? Your remember your mercy. Do you know if God wants to punish someone, even you, even you, even you, you want to punish someone. Then somebody comes and they say, hey, someone did this thing to you before and you had the mercy for him. Hello? Hi. Somebody did the same thing to you, even worse, and you had the mercy for this person. Why do you want to do this thing to this person? Will you continue? No. Because you will remember what? What you did, how you handled the other issue. So if God is about to do something, and then he remembers mercy, God withholds the punishment. It's the same thing if it is to do with the mercy on other aspects, not only spiritually, but also in leadership, power, dominion, finance, on all other things where mercy is concerned. Because mercy is concerned in leadership. We'll talk about those things later. Mercy is concerned in leadership, in power, in decision making, in judgment. The moment you remember mercy, certain things don't happen. So one, we remind God of his mercy. Can you imagine you have a project and you don't qualify? And so many people are submitting some documents. And you don't have the documents that you need. And then you stand up and remind God. Say, God, remember your mercy over my documents. What will happen? 
So we remind God, number one, of his what? His mercy. His mercy. Now, let me just show you this quickly. Now, let's go to the Bible, all right? In Habakkuk, Habakkuk 3, verse 2. Now, look, look at this. Oh, Lord, I have heard of your speech, and I was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In NIV, I want you to see this in NIV. I like this. Lord, I have heard of your fame. Okay? I have heard of your what? I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. I hear how you heal people in ECG. I hear how you bless people in ECG. I hear how you made somebody who was barren become fruitful. I have heard how you have done uh, uh, great wonders in the church. I have heard of your fame. I have heard of your power. Now, see there. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. What I hear you doing to other people, repeat it in my life. Come on, somebody say, oh Lord, oh Lord. I have heard of your power. I have seen your grace. I have heard the testimonies. Oh Lord, do it in my days. Now see there, he's now telling God, do it. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. Now see this statement, the last statement. In wrath, remember mercy. Did you hear that? So you can remind God what? About mercy. He said, God, remember mercy. He says, I have been hearing all these things. He says, God, remember mercy. Remember what? Mercy. Remember mercy. I have heard how you do these things. You do. Oh, Lord, remember mercy. Now he reminds God of his mercy. He says, repeat them in my days. The reason why God was doing to other people and not him is because he had mercy over them and not him. Then he says, God, remember your mercy. They go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How much? What do you need? So we remind God of his mercy. Somebody raise up a hand and say, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. remember your mercy. Speak louder. Say, oh Lord. oh, Lord. Remember your mercy. Remember your mercy. I have heard of your power. I have heard of your power. I have seen testimonies. I have seen testimonies. Of other people. Of other people. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, Heavenly Father. Do it in my days. Do it in my days. Do it in my life. Do it in my life. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Remember your mercy. Remember your mercy. So we remind God of his mercy. And that very important aspect. That I want you to see there. So the Bible says, remember what? In Psalms 25, from verse 1, the Bible says in this way of David, in you, Lord my God, I put my trust. This time around, David was in a huge mess. Huge mess. He didn't know how to walk out. He didn't know what to do. 
But see what the Bible says there. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame. What was happening over here? No, let my enemies triumph over me. Can you imagine if, if the bank repossesses your car, takes your house, takes this, you will be put to shame. This point in time, it is of a woman who is, is losing something or of a man that is losing something or somebody who has been praying for a long time and the people are aware that you have been praying for a long time and now you are telling God that God, do not allow people to laugh at me. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? You now want to provoke God. But hear this statement. See what he's saying, David, over there. He says, no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. But shame will come on those who are, are treacherous without cause. And I hear this in verse 4. I like this. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Can you imagine the whole day he puts hope in God? We don't lose hope. We don't lose it. Never lose. Keep on confessing and believing. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? In that mess, go back to the scripture on verse 5. David says, guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Do not lose that. If you believe God for marriage, never change your believing. Now, let's go. Let's go to the next scripture, verse 6. Look at that. Oh, verse 6. It says what? Remember! Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole story changes now. He says, remember! Your great mercy. He's not reminding God small mercy. Are you seeing the type of mercy he's reminding God? Are you seeing the type of mercy? He's not saying remember mercy. No. He says remember your great. The mercy that makes people break international boundaries. History making. The great mercy that announces you on the higher levels. He says, God, remember your great mercy. The whole story changed there. He says, God, remember your great mercy. You may not know what he was passing through this time until you read this. I mean, chapter 24. In chapter 24, he's talking of a great army that had surrounded David. And he says, in your name, in your name, he said, I can chase an army. Are you understand something? I want you to see this. For you to understand properly what was happening in chapter 24, you must read chapter 23. Because in 23, he's talking about even though he walks through the valley of the shadow of death, what was he passing through? What was he passing through? In chapter 25, he says, God, remember what? Great mercy. It is what changed the whole story. What he was talking in 23, in 24 changed when he said, God, remember your great mercy. From there, you begin to read victory, 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 victory. God remembered his great mercy. 
Mesarusha kapahata. Reia suvahata kapa. We call upon Yahweh and we remind him of his great mercy. May he intervene over your life. May he come through over your situation. Oh Lord, remember your great mercy. Raise your hands and say, Oh Lord, remember your great mercy and change my story. Wherever mercy was involved, this is the first step. Most people, they are like, ah, me, I'm doing things, things are not moving. No, 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 wait a minute. Look at David, how he was surrounded. Look at David, the situation he was passing through. To a level where a king like David should stand up and say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Are, are, you, are you understanding this? What was he seeing? In chapter 23, he mentions mercy. He says, goodness and mercy shall follow me. In chapter 24, he is talking about how tough the situation was. In chapter 25, he says, God, remember your great mercy. He repeats mercy. He continues talking about mercy in his prayer. Now, let me tell you now where that prayer was being made. After telling you about the prayer of Psalm 23, now let me tell you where that prayer was happening. That prayer happened, the whole Psalm 23, 24, and 25. It was spoken, and he wrote it after defeating Goliath. Whatever was spoken there happened in the valley of Elah. How do we know? The valley of Elah is where David killed Goliath. How do we know that valley of Elah, every battle that was happening in Israel was happening in that valley? There were four valleys, and these valleys were known as the valleys of war, valleys of death. These were names which were given in these valleys. If countries were to fight, they were not fighting in, in villages. They were saying, let's meet in the valley. I'm not talking to somebody here. Let's meet where? In the, in the valley. So another group of soldiers will stay this side. Another group of soldiers will stay that other side. So Goliath will stand up and begin to challenge. So where he is getting Psalm 23, where he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. They remember he went and met King Saul and he said, if I kill him, what shall be given to me? Then he says, what? He leads me beside what? Did you hear that? Hello? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And if you read the Bible, where he took the stones that he used to kill Goliath, it was in the valley. You hear me? It was in the valley. Number one. Number two, he actually took off all the, the weapons that he was given, and he only took the, his staff. 
and his catapult. Only these things that he took. Can you imagine in that situation? Then he reminds God of his great mercy. Am I talking to somebody here? Oh, yeah. All you know is David killed Goliath. But you don't know that there was great mercy. Immediately, I told you, when great mercy comes upon a person, what happens? Remember? Great mercy attracts what? It is for international what? Recognition. History making. It is not for small things. When God gives you great mercy, you, are, you, are, you begin to break international doors. Hey, you break history. You make history. You become a history maker. How do we confirm this? The moment he killed Goliath, all people, all people, they began to sing songs in the honor of David. This is our king now. Until today, we are talking about that issue because it, it broke history. David made history because of great mercy. The man called great mercy. I'm not talking to somebody right here. He called for great mercy. And I prophesied to somebody right this moment that as we pray, we remind God of his great mercy. And God shall remember his mercy over your life. And you shall break his story in the name of Jesus. You shall break every limitation. I see you having a high record. Somebody shall receive in the name of Jesus. Hello? So David knew it. Because in, in chapter 23, he says, goodness and mercy will what? Then in 25, he says what? God, remember it. So he, we are not dealing with a person who didn't have the mercy. He had the mercy and he reminds God of that mercy. And God came down. So when you are facing certain things, please remind God. After this prayer we are doing now, we are praying, God, I need mercy. I need mercy. We are all receiving the mercy. When you are in a certain mess, when you are in a certain project, when you are about to apply something, when you are sick, when your child is messing up, remind God of his mercy. Am I talking to somebody here? Come on, raise up a hand properly. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord. remember your mercy. Remember your Speak louder. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord. Remember, your mercy. remember your mercy. That's what Habakkuk did. Habakkuk did. Uh, he said, God, I have heard of your power. What was happening with him? This moment, Israel was completely ruined. There was no king. There was nobody. Jerusalem was captured. Hyenas were living in Jerusalem. There was nobody in Israel. And most of the Jews were taken captives in Babylon and other countries. And this is a moment when Habakkuk stood up and said, God, we have heard of your power. We have heard what you do. And he was praying for restoration of Jerusalem. He was praying for the restoration of the country because it had ceased from becoming a nation. He said, God, do it in our days. Am I talking to somebody here? This is a woman who has lost everything. 
This is a man who has lost everything. Who comes to God and says, God, do it in my days. Remember your mercy. And what did God do? God immediately, he went and raised up a man. Hello? God raised up a man. His name was Cyrus. Who brought God money and helped them to return to their country. When a message comes, certain people will be commanded by God. Oh, Somebody shout mercy. Say it again. Say mercy. So when we pray for mercy, this is not a simple thing as some of you think. But you see, I see this in the spirit. That some miracles will be commanded in this season. Certain things will be commanded to happen to you, to happen to your child, to happen to your qualification, to happen to your career. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout mercy. God's covenant on the mercy, it is known as what? The sure mercies. The covenant mercy. God has a covenant mercy he did with the people of Israel. That he will never destroy them. And what Moses would just do is to remind God of his sure mercy. His covenant. Remember your covenant. And he goes, ah, yeah. how can I destroy my own? And I pray for you, wherever you are. By the mercies of God. I say, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. This mess of God will begin to manifest around you. May God remember his mercy over your business, over your career, over your prayer life, over your spiritual life. May God remember mercy. Somebody say, God, remember your mercy. Say, oh Lord, I have a situation. I have a problem. Remember your mercy. Say it again, say it again, say it again on your own.